All right, so I'm going to read from verse 18, uh, 28, I'm sorry, to verse 29, and listen God's word. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hates his own flesh, but nurses and cherishes just as Christ does to the church. That's God's word. So in the way of introduction, why let, let, let me ask you a couple questions in order in order to you think with me and find answer in this lesson. Why I have to love my husband. Why I have to love my wife. Why? What is the primarily reason that I have to show and yeah show love to my spouse why are you even ask the question to your husband or to your wife why do you love me why you love me so thinking that in the moment and I think the big idea of these um, two verses is this the Paul is exhorting men and women to love their spouses according to the scriptures, fearing God and having in mind that you are one flesh. You are one flesh. The first point that we're going to see today is the application of self-love to a husband. The self-love. Look with me, verse 28. In the same way he already tell you and giving you the example of Jesus Christ how he lived, how he loved the church of, of himself. He is starting in verse 25. Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He's giving you an example. He's giving you a model how you have to show love to your spouse. And he say, in the same way. Now, in the same way, like this. Not exactly like this, but having in mind the sufferings of Christ for his church. For what reason? Because he chose that church. In the Bible, we found that men chose their wives all the time. There's no such a thing that the wife chose the husband. And don't take me wrong. It is not sinful for you to desire your husband. Or a, or a single woman desiring a man. It's not wrong. It's not sinful. I'm saying it's an example of the Bible. The men's always find for the wife, looking for the wife. So in this case, Christ chose his people to make his bride. He's the broom. We are the bride. He chose us in love, in mercy, with grace, with suffering, with afflictions. He paid a high price for our church. Now, you're never going to pay a high price for your spouse never you're never gonna pay a, a high price now you're never gonna uh, uh, die for your spouse for their sins you're not gonna justify your spouse in heaven never but he's giving you example look at me as the rule so husband shall love their wives as their own body now Paul is explaining to you how I have as husband, how I have to love 
my wife and why? Why I have to love my wife? Because it's my own body. Remember in Genesis chapter 2, 23, the Adam said, this is the flesh of my flesh, the bones of my bones. It's my woman. It's mine. It's my possession. So the, and, and, and the reason you need to love your wife is because it's your wife. It's your wife. You chose that woman to live with her for end of, to, until end of the days. The reason you have to love her, one, Christ commands you to love your flesh. Where Christ commands me to love my flesh? When he mentioned in Matthew 19 that you are one flesh. No one can separate a couple because they're one flesh. They're one flesh. So she is his body because she was taken now of his body. You are, if speaking to my wife, my wife, it's my body. And whatever is wrong with her, it's wrong with me. Whatever is bothering her, it's bothering me. That's loving. Because I have to worry about my body. Who with, with no brain or with no sense going to hate his own body? How in the world are you going to hate yourself? You're supposed to hate sin. You're supposed to hate rebellion. You're supposed to hate your misery. But not your own body. Right? If your body asking you today, right now for a coffee, are you going to deny the coffee to your body? Are you going to deny water to your body? Are you going to deny food to your body? No. Then this is a one application that you can use to love your spouse. It's under you, husband. God gave it to you as a gift of life. Who find a wife is a blessing from the Lord. How are you going to reject and hate the blessing of the Lord? You see why I'm not, and this is my position, I now believe that Christian can practice divorce because you are hating your body. At the same time, Christian cannot practice adultery because you are hating your body. You're actually hating yourself. You're actually rejecting God's blessing and say, no, I don't like this blessing. I hate this blessing. In this body, the woman, it's under, under the authority of the head of the house. So whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever rule you know you're gonna obey from your husband, obey in love. Obey in love. And if that rule comes from the law of God, obey with joy. Obey with love. Why? Because your husband, you God giving you your husband as a gift. And it's your body. How are you going to hate your own body, woman, when your husband is telling you, we should to do this, and you say, no, I'm not going to do that because I understand this and I have to go this way. Going against your husband is hating your own body. Deny provision to your wife, husband, is hating your own body. It's hating your own body because her or she is yourself. In marriage, we are one. We are not two. There's no such a thing. There's two minds. 
It's one mind. It's one direction. It's one desire. It's one vision and mission. Like in a church, we spoke in the membership about unity. How in the world, in the marriage, gonna walk in, perf in perfection in this life with no unity? If the wife wants to do something and the husband wants to do another thing, what unity is there? You have to learn from Christ's church and Christ's kingdom that there is one mind. One, um, one mind, one desire, one will. Glorify God. Remember, one of the lessons was that, that you was calling together to serving God only and serving for His glory. So whatever in marriage we have to discuss or, or make a solution or taking a decision, we need to be with one mind. We need to be in the same page because it's love. That's love in marriage. Other things are hate. And look with me in Matthew. Or let me read to you Matthew chapter 19 and verse 5 and 6. Jesus say, and I say, therefore, a man shall leave his father. A man shall leave his father. Now the man, when he married, he left his father instruction, counsel, and direction in order to he take the role of the new house. So you're not receiving more direction from your, from your father. You can receive counsel. But not instructions. Why? Because now you're going you're gonna to give account to the Lord for the new family. So you left you, your father and his mother. So now you're not receiving also the counsel of your mother all the times. You're not depending on your mother. Now you depend on God's wisdom and God's knowledge and God's advice in order to you follow God's commands and glorify Him. And he keeps saying, and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. He's quoting the Old Testament. Jesus is quoting the Old Testament. He already tells you in the Old Testament how you need to be a wife and husband. One flesh, one mind, one desire, having the same goal, having the same vision. So if you aspire to marry, you need to have you need to find a woman who have the same vision, the same desires, one mind, one one, one feelings. Now, don't take me wrong. If that girl hates black coffee, that's not mean that you know you don't you cannot marry with her. I'm saying that in that mind of that girl, it's glorifying God. It's like, are we gonna walk together? To the celestial city? To the celestial city? Or not? So, he keeps saying, verse 6. So there are no longer two, but one flesh. One body. And um, oftentimes we, we twist these verses and we only apply to sexual relations. But it's not only sexual relations. It's about one body. One mind. One direction. What therefore 
God has joined together. Let not men separate. Don't let men, this is for you, don't let any other man broke your marriage. No let, don't let the government broke your marriage. Don't let your friends separate you from your wife. Don't let your desires and your, your hobbies just separate your wife from your wife. Keep the unity. Don't even let the church separate you from your wife, man. Not even myself. I don't have the authority for you to uh, uh, yeah, for you to separate you. No, I don't have the authority. No one has the authority. Not even your children. Don't let your children divide the marriage. Don't let your father and mother divide your marriage. Don't separate. Stay one. Be one flesh. And, I may, and that makes us go to the second point. A natural affliction to ourselves, man. If I need a shower, and my body needs a shower, what I have to do? Take a shower, right? If my body needs to sleep, what I have to do? Sleep. Now, if you are married, and when you are married, you get married, I'm sorry. If your wife needs those necessary, no. brethren, Help her. That's loving. If she need a time for take a shower and she didn't need a time for rest in home, help her. That's serving your wife. That's loving your wife. That's loving your body. If the if your body need rest, help her. Not wives. If your body need help and rest, help him. You see, that's loving. Because you're caring for one another. Because you're fulfilling the law by loving your neighbor as yourself. You not do any damage and any evil to your neighbor because God commands. So that's why you not do any evil and no danger to your neighbor who is your wife and who is your husband. So wives, you desire should be the good for your husband. Husband, your desire should to be the good for your wife. You not put your wife in danger. As your wife, don't put your husband in danger. Because you love him, right? You love him. You love her. Someone say, for those who, who are without natural affections, they are already condemned. Means this. For those who don't care about their neighbors, it's hating their neighbors. It's breaking the law. It's, ha it's not having the love of God. If we hate our spouses, is this really the Christian love inside in our hearts? How willing and how faster, how faster, sorry, are you willing to forgive sins for your husbands and for your wife? How fast are you forgive? How fast are you care for your husband or your wife? Do you have passion for caring for your wife and for your husband? Do you have this energy for looking what 
what things need my husband? What things need my wife? It is not Christ like that with us, church. That he, and, and when he hears our prayers, he responds our, for our necessities. Christ own you something? The Christ own you something, church? No. You ask, he responds. He take care of you. He watching you. He defend you. So why you're not watching and loving and caring for your neighbor? Do you see why many churches, and this is another subject, we can do a parenthesis here. Why many churches don't care about abortion? Because they hate their neighbors. They not understand that the loving of, your, of the neighbors. Because if those churches understand the love of their neighbors, the love of themselves, loving your neighbor, ask yourself, I'm not going to let someone kill me <laughs> until I'm going to defend myself. Right? So why in the world churches today left human beings be killed? Little babies. Why? Because they don't understand the love of God or they forgot the love of God. But it's loving our neighbors and loving others. Let me read to you 2 Timothy. There's a good reference. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, verse 3, and let me read to you God's word. Hurtless, unpleasant boss, slanders, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. He's describing false teachers. <laughs> He's describing the false brothers. Look, verse 2. For people will be love, lovers of selves. So they're caring more about themselves, more about their necessities than others. They love money. They're proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, means no love for their neighbors. That's the description of the false teachers and false brethren here. So don't acting like that, husband and wife. Love. With the love of Christ, with the love of God, you espouse. Show him the love. Show him mercy because it's you flesh and it's a command for God. Be kind to your spouse. Those who are single, be kind to others. In order to you learning to love others. Love one another. Like you love yourself. You want to be comfort. You, 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 want, you want to be uh, with peace. You want, you want to be in a shelter that nothing ha can happen to you. Then worry about your spouse like that. Worry about him. And that makes us to the third point, natural self-love. And natural self-love. It is in our new nature that we need to worry about our, believer, our, 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 our neighbors. God condemned 
those who hate their neighbors. God condemns those who hate human beings. Do you have natural self-love according to God's word? Or do you have a natural self-love according to the world? According to your formal nature? Loving more yourself, caring for more for you, thinking in more of you than your brother, than your neighbor. Because if your flesh needs to be warm, you put a sweater, right? So if your spouse it is in the need of something, and that something is not going against the law of God, do it. Fulfill the necessity. Don't ignore the necessity because you receive a new heart and a new mind and a new will for what? For love your neighbor correctly. Do you love your neighbor correctly? Do you love your spouse correctly? Do you love your wife correctly? And if not, what are you waiting for? You receive also spiritual Self-love means this, that if you know that there is the need of receiving the word and growing in the image of Christ and edify by a local church or edify by the word, then you cover those necessities. If you need the word of God, fulfill that necessity. Fulfill that necessity. If your husband need a time, wives, for study, for read, fulfill that necessity. Because it's for your good. And it's for his good. It's your body. You are one flesh. You need to love yourself. And I know this is going to sound really um, weird to you, but pro I promise to you, I see in the scripture, you need to love if, uh, sufficiently yourself means you need to love your neighbor enough enough you need to love yourself because you're one I'm talking about marriage I'm not talking about uh, my neighbor from the other house I'm talking about marriage you need to love your flesh enough enough according to God's word in order to glorify God. You need to enjoy your flesh enough. Enough. Do you enjoy your flesh enough? Or are you getting tired of your flesh? Because many marriage, they get tired for one another and say, you know what? Get out from the house. Spend your time where? Go over there. Take this. Take that. Here's the money. Take your free time. Because they're not enjoy one another enough. They're getting tired. They're getting boring from one another. Why? Because there is no love for one another, care for one another, worry for one another. You not care about your flesh. You care more about you. You're selfish. Do you care about what is good? Then enjoy your flesh with what is good. Fulfill with what is good, your flesh. And number five, it is a warning for us. 
Stay away from evil self-love. Stay away from that. It is evil for us, brethren, not war ourselves, not caring about our souls. It is evil for us, hate our, our, our flesh, hate our spouses with our heart, with our mind. Like committing adultery is hating my flesh, hating my neighbor and killing my neighbor. But also, stay away from no forgiveness because it's evil. You need to forgive. You need to love. You need to care. You need to do what is good with your flesh. You not give time. You not open the door for any temptation. You protect the unity and the love and with your flesh. Remember, that's why I give two lessons about time. Now you, you, you now acknowledge how you need to manage the time. Now start doing your duties as husband and as wife. Love. You need to have time for love. Properly love. True love. Love who come from a new heart. Sick. You seek for the good of your flesh. Who is more important in this house? Or in... In our houses, sorry. Who is more important in our house? Children? Our neighbors from cross street? Or are the owner of the house? No. Who is the who, who is the person more important in a house? Our flesh. My spouse. And who is more important in church? The pastors? The deacons? The guy who opened the door? Christ, right? Because without Christ, there is no such a thing as a church. Then without marriage, there is no household. There is no household. So stay away from that evil. And stay away, number six, from the error of condemning all passion in marriage. There are men who believe they having passion in their love for our spouses is sin. Like the Roman Catholics, the Pope believe that that's why he not make uh, priests uh, or don't let priests marry because they believe those desires are sin. Are comfortable having sex with my wife? Comfortable? No. Actually, God ordained in the marriage to fulfill those necessities. It's a gift from God. Kiss my, my wife in front of others is not sinful. Hold, uh, take, uh, take her hand in the public areas is not sinful. Giving a hug and kiss to my wife in the public areas is not sinful. Be a lover. Of your wife and of your husband. God giving to you that man and God giving to you that woman. It's yours. It's yours. If someone have a problem with that, ask th then tell him or tell her, find a husband and wife. Because you are jealous. 
to be a lover. Don't restrict passion. Don't restrain passion in home. You are lovers of one another. You love yourself. You should to be proud of the beautiful and handsome husband that you have. Or be proud of the beautiful and wonderful wife that you have. Because it's yours. God give it to you. Now don't idolatry her or him. Don't commit idolatry. But be grateful. Because it's your flesh. It's your flesh. And using seven. Number seven. Using natural affection well. Correctly. Correctly. Don't abuse from your authority husband. Don't abuse woman for you being fragile. And for you being a woman. And you can probably carry heavy things. Don't abuse for that. Don't take advantage for for being here at home all the time to you be lazy or to you not take care of your husband. And husband, don't abuse over your authority to give commands like you are a king or something. Like go, Brandon. <laughs> making rules that they are not exist in the Bible. Like this man making rules that not exist in the Constitution. You see, brothers? It is a gift to be married. It is a gift to have my own flesh. Remember, you are members of one body. And in church, we are members of one body too. So that's why we care for one another. We are brothers keepers. And in house, let me tell you this. Yes, you are brothers keepers. You watch from your husband and you watch from your wife. Our brother, our neighbor, our flesh. Care well for him. If he's hungry, fulfill that necessity. If he's thirsty, fulfill that necessity. We need to be in war- he need to be warm, fulfill that necessity. He wants to cry, your husband, be with him crying. Your wife want to cry? Cry with her. Are you, are you happy? Rejoice with your neighbor. Rejoice. Number eight. As one flesh, we need to hate sin. And we need to hate everything who want to divide the marriage. And it's simple. Sin. Hate sin. Hate sin. Don't hate your wife. Because he's getting old. Don't hate your husband. Because he's getting old. Don't. Or don't hate your husband. Because he's getting a little bit fat. He, when he was uh, 20s. He was like a bodybuilder. And he was looking really nice. And now he's a little bit fat. Yes of course. Because he's giving you his life. And husband, don't hate your wife. Don't hate your wife. Protect your wife. Love your wife. Provide for your wife. Everything. Look, Thomas Watson in his book of divinity, uh, um, book of divinity thing. If someone can help me with the name of the book, 
the book of divinity, I think, um, a body of divinity. He said this. And this is probably not the same words, but come to my mind right now. When Christ saved you and paid for your sins, was one was capital demands. Obedience, perfect obedience, right? To the law. And that was a debt, a debt that you need to pay, right? Christ paid for your obedience, covered your obedience, and paid for your debt, right? For your debts. Now, if your wife have a debt, you need to pay for that. If your wife have necessary, you cover that. Because you got a great example that Christ paid for everything. In order to provide for everything for his church. So you need to pay for everything that your wife needs according to God's word. Because I don't want to hear from my wife in my car. You have to pay for everything. Now buy me a, a new car. No, for everything who is necessary in home. Now you have, if your wife needs a new topperware, buy it. You don't have enough money? Well, find a cheaper one. If, you, if your wife needs electricity, pay the electricity. You know, sometimes I have to, sometimes ask my wife for forgiveness. Because sometimes I forget things. Sometimes. But how there I'm going to forget all the time the things that I need to provide for my wife and to take care for my wife and also you wives. We're not perfect. We're walking through. Be one day perfect, but don't abuse from that, wives and husbands. Don't neglect the provision, the cherries for the bodies. Don't neglect those areas, husband. Work hard. We need to work hard, man. Hard than no one else. In order to provide for our families, the necessities. Necessities. Not what they wish, not what they want. Now, in this neglection, and it's, and it's from um, verse 29, for no one ever hates his own flesh, comma, but nourishes and cherishes, provides. Foster, actually, I think the word correctly here was foster or train or provide, give, in order give what is needed in that moment for your wife. And don't fall to the stream. To provide too much, commit adultery, commit um, idolatry, and don't provide less. Be, and, and don't be a foolish. Don't, don't provide less. What is justice? Train your wife in the word. Equip your wife in the word. Provide for, you, provide for the needs of the house. Provide for the needs that your wife have and for your children. And you're good to go. But don't go to the stream. Love more your children than your wife. Or... Love more your wife than God. Even you wives, don't love more your husband than God. And don't serve too much your you husband in order to commit a, idolatry. Like this is my God. No. 
about good balance and serving and loving your husband and you two husbands. We need to have a good balance and provision. And number 10 and finally, have joy in marriage. Have joy. You receive one wife. You receive the blessing of the Lord. Have joy. Provide for her. Take care of her. Love her. Watch over her soul. Lead her correctly. Encourage her. Listen her. Be with her. Love her. Have passion for her. And, house, and wives, submit to your husband correctly. Obey his instruction correctly in love. Serve your husband correctly with love. Don't do anything with anger, with, with evil intentions. Give to your husband everything with love. Because it's your flesh. The husband is your flesh. And God given you a gift. He's going to demand you account for everything. So let us pray. Father, thank you for...